I'm not 
five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
רבים לא יוכלו לכבוי ששו אהבות לא יוכלו ונהרויס לא ישטפו לא יוכלו לא יוכלו מים רבים לא יוכלו לכבוי ששו אהבות לא יוכלו ונהורויס לא ישטפו לא יוכלו לא יוכלו כשוי שנום כשוי שנום בין החייכים בין החייכים
In the AM, Gershon Varobo with that one. Libi Bimizrach. Ah, wow. <laughs> Coming off the high of an amazing Jewish music concert last night and a very, very late night. Baruch Hashem. Uh, Libi Bimizrach, I was from Gershon Varoba. Name of the uh, album is Ani Israel. Uh, before that, you heard the... Um, Sheibana done by Eli Marcus. Yidel had Levechad Kishoshana from Avramo Avram Fried. Benny Friedman had both Kulam Sharim and Ivrianochi. One of the benefits of independence is uh, I am not nearly as concerned when I'm in the mood to play two in a row from the same artist or the same album. How do you like that? And Regesh, of course, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Wednesday on this July 5th. My thanks to Yoni Pollock. We're sitting in yesterday on the 4th of July. 
Eleventh day in the month of Tammuz, less than a week away from the three weeks. The year is five seven seven seven. Tufshanai and Zion. Seventy degrees here in New York. Seventy percent humidity, and the sevens are wild as we have winds east at seven miles an hour. Mostly sunny and a high of eighty four. Another great looking day tonight. Mostly clear, low sixty six. Tomorrow we may have an afternoon with some rain with a high temperature seventy six degrees. Yushalayim right now is at eighty eight. I guess the massive heat wave has uh, dissipated a bit in Israel. Uh, up in Guilford, New York, where I was just about, oh, I don't know, eight hours ago, uh, 53 degrees, and here in New Jersey, in Jersey, here in New York City, yeah, that's where we prefer to be right now, here in New York City, it's uh, 70 degrees, as we say good morning at JM and the AM. Mazel tov going out to SDR and her husband uh, Yosef. I got all the uh, all the reports, all the photos, all the posts from the beautiful wedding in Yerushalayim, or or just outside Yerushalayim. I don't know exactly where the wedding was, but I know it was in Israel. Uh, so a very very big Mazel Tov, and especially to uh, Barbara and Lou Arf, and uh, their entire family. And a special thank you to listener Malki for sending along all the pictures and posting so many great things from the wedding. That was really cool. So mazal tov to all of us here from uh, JM in the AM. A big thank you to our friends at Camp Misora. We were there yesterday, spent a little time, had the uh, privilege of introducing their big Jewish music star for last night. It was a massive surprise for the entire camp. God Elbaz was in the house, to say the least. And I take this opportunity to uh, congratulate all of the um, wonderful people. From the programming department, from Shira to Rabbi Yair to uh, Ali to um, Ronit, the girls' head counselor, Rabbi Chaim, the boys' head counselor, Tali, the teen girls' head, and Rabbi Tzvi Yaakov, the teen boys' head, and of course to uh, Dina and Rabbi Ari Katz. It was just a, a wonderful night and incredible spirit. Fireworks, uh, fireworks were on display above the Misora Lake. And then from there, minutes later, the big surprise with uh, our friend God Elbaz in an amazing performance for the entire camp. So it was really great. Big regards, of course, to everybody from everybody up at Camp Missouri, where everyone's doing great. And the camp looks great, and the campers look even better. And um, it was just a, a wonderful night, really a wonderful night, and just a, uh, a uh, great opportunity to celebrate. It was really wonderful. And... Um, I'm sure they are uh, still on a massive high after yesterday's uh, great concert. That is for sure. Um, I had uh, I had um, written to myself here. Oh, here it is. I want to take this opportunity to wish a mazel tov to Fagi and Mendel Sprecher. We've mentioned them a million times on the air, and in fact, uh, during their big simcha, the big wedding two weeks ago, I kept saying anybody who goes into the kitchen click in Brooklyn, New York, make sure to wish them a big mazel tov. Now you have even more reason to wish them a big mazel tov. They are parents of twin grandsons. They are grandparents, I should say, of twin grandsons. So Fagy and Mendel and the entire extended family, we say, especially to the mom and dad of the uh, of the um, of the twins. We say Mazalta from all of us here at JM and the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network. Um, that was a uh, an unbelievably 
beautiful and wonderful piece of news that we got yesterday. Uh, so Mazal Tov again from all of us here at JM in the AM and NSN. Wednesday morning, again, my thanks to Yoni Pollock for sitting in yesterday. want to welcome an amazing sponsor to our broadcasts. Uh, the other day, we were at Bedford-on-Park. Many of you are familiar with the Bedford Restaurant in Queens. Did you know they now have another amazing location, Bedford-on-Park, um, 61 East 34th Street in New York City. You may be familiar with that address because it's the same address that houses uh, Mendy's Restaurant and has for many years. And now if you are... Um, in the uh, lunch dinner space of that address, you are at Bedford on Park, where they are serving all the delicious steaks and entrees and the starters that have really gained an amazing reputation and the burgers that are tremendously delicious. And they are open. They are open uh, there on Park Avenue, 61 East 34th Street, with all these great menu items, with a great lunch and dinner, uh, open for parties and shavabrachas with a wonderful party room. Uh, so if you're looking for a delicious business lunch, reasonably priced, or if you're looking for great steaks and lamb chops and just a, a, an unbelievable opportunity uh, to have a full bar and a full meal uh, that everyone's talking about because Bedford has just an incredible reputation out there, uh, you want to check it out. It's go to bedfordkitchen.com, bedfordkitchen.com, or bedfordnyc on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. And they have a 22-ounce bone and ribeye steak that I am telling you is simply remarkable. We're going to be spending some time over in Bedford on Park in the next few days. And you'll see more uh, about our special project that we have planned for them uh, on the web and especially in social media. So check them out. When you go there, make sure to mention you heard about it here on JM in the AM. 22 minutes before 7 o'clock. It is a JM in the AM Wednesday morning broadcast as we continue uh, comment on the app. Yes, you may comment on the app about everything and anything. Uh, go to the NSN app for Android or iPhone and uh, comment away. Let us know where you are, what you want to hear, where you're listening, etc., etc. Plenty more coming up. It's Wednesday at JM in the AM.
That's of Ramel, of course, with Kapara. You heard Kanfei Sharm from Simcha Liner. Uvituvo from the Amen V'Amen CD. Yaakov Shweki's B'derech HaMelech. 
Liebe was done by Gershon Veroba. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSingle.com, on the NachumSingle Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Golly, it's in the background. News from Israel is coming up. My thanks to Yoni Pollock for sitting in yesterday on the 4th of July. Big regards from everybody up at Camp Misoro. We had the amazing God Elbaz concert last night. Want to thank listener Malki. She sets me straight on the app. The wedding, the ARF wedding last night was in Mitzpah Yericho. Mazal tov to Esti and Yosef. And um, if you look at the app, you'll see very proud grandparents. <laughs> uh, as I said to everybody, when you walk into the kitchen, click today. You make sure to say hi and wish Mazal tov to Fagi and Mendel Sprecher. They are grandparents of twin grandsons. And we say double Mazal tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Plenty more coming up between now and 9 o'clock, and of course, plenty all day long at the Nahum Siegel Network. For many out there, it's the beginning of the work week on this Wednesday, since yesterday was the 4th of July. So welcome, everybody. Galei Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next to JM. Galei Tzal, הבחירות למפלגת העבודה, חבר הכנסת אמיר פרץ והשר לשעבר אבי גבאי פועלים להשיג תמיכה בקרב בחירי המפלגה. יושב הראש העמודה חרצוג עדיין לא הודיע במי יתמוך. כתבנו עידו בן בג'י. פרץ וגבאי מחזרים כעת אחר יצחק הרצוג, היושב ראש המודח של מפלגת העבודה, ומנסים לגייס את תמיכתו לקראת הסיבוב השני בשבוע הבא. הבוקר הכריזה חברת הכנסת מרב מיכאלי על תמיכה באמיר פרץ, ובמפלגת העבודה מעריכים ששלי יחימוביץ', שאנשיה תמכו באבי גבאי בסיבוב הראשון, תצטרף אליו באופן רשמי לקראת הסיבוב השני. בית משפט השלום בראשון לציון העריך בשישה ימים את מעצר האב והבן מהשפלה, החשודים שביצעו מעשים מגונים בבת המשפחה. השניים נעצרו הבוקר לאחר שהבת הגישה תלונה למשטרה וסיפרה כי עברה סדרת תקיפות שונות במשך כשנה. ובית המשפט המחוזי בלוד הורה למשטרה להעביר עד מחר את כל המסמכים מטיוטת ספרו של ראש הממשלה לשעבר אהוד אולמרט, שנתפסו בפשיטה על הוצאת ידיעות ספרים. כתבתנו פיי גוטמן מציינת שהמסמכים יישמרו בחשפת בית המשפט עד לשבוע הבא. שוטר מתחנת עירון נשלח לשנת מאסר לאחר שהורשע בשוד של נהג שאותו עצר לבדיקה. כתבנו קובי מנדל. המקרה אירע בינואר 2016 כשהשוטר אשר היה בתפקיד עם שוטר נוסף הבחין ברכב שחשד כי הוא גנוב. בחיפוש שנערך על הנהג נלקחו מרשותו 6,000 שקלים תוך איומים ובהמשך הם החזירו לו 1,000 שקלים. רק לאחר שהתעורר חשד שכספו של הנהג נגנב הם החזירו לו את מלוא הסכום. במקום לפעול כנציג רשויות החוק בחר הנאשם לפגוע במתלונן, נאמר בגזר הדין. סוכנויות המודיעין בארצות הברית חוקרות שיתוף פעולה בין אתרים תומכי טראמפ ובין רוסיה במטרה להפיץ מידע אה, שגוי על הילרי קלינטון בתקופת הבחירות. כתבנו יותם לחובסקי. כ-40% מהאתרים שהפיצו חדשות קלינטון הועלו ממזרח אירופה, כך על פי מחקר שמתפרסם בעיתון הגרדיאן הבריטי. החוקרים בוחנים חשד לפיו תומכי טראמפ מתנועת האלטרייט הימנית קיצונית תאמו את פרסום הזיופים ואף מימנו את הפצתם באתר פייסבוק. משרד הכלכלה הקצה קרקע להקמת מפעל ייצור אמוניה סמוך לדימונה במקום המפעל במפרץ חיפה. כתבנו רמי שני. מפעל האמוניה המתוכנן יתחיל לפעול בתוך כשלוש שנים ויועסקו בו מאה עובדים. הקמתו תאפשר יצירת מקומות עבודה לעוד אלף וארבע מאות עובדים. ההשקעה בהקמתו נאמדת בחמש מאות וחמישים מיליון שקלים. הפעלתו באזור רותם תביא להוצאת ייצור האמוניה ממפרץ חיפה והעברתה לאזור בלתי מיושב. 
תחזית מזג האוויר, היום מורגשת הקלה בעומס החום, אך ימשיך להיות חם מהרגיל, מחר ירידה נוספת בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורך מרון ששון.
have come home Jerusalem Jerusalem is
J.M. in the A.M. It's a song that's become uh, extremely popular. I think even more popular than when it was released. Yaakov Shweki's with Chaim Shel Shalom here at J.M. in the A.M. off of the We Are a Miracle uh, collection. Diaspora with Acha Shoalti. You heard Osa Shalom done by Aryeh Kunstler. Yaakov Shweki had Kedai and Kenny Karen opened up the set with Jerusalem is Mine. A great classic. My name is Nahum Siegel. My thanks to Yoni Pollock for sitting in yesterday. We are live here on a Wednesday morning broadcast. And um, a big shout-out to everybody up at Camp Masora, where it's uh, just about 6.30 camp time. It's a... Uh, 
It, it's it's amazing being up in camp and there's a great Jewish music event. It really is. And last night, for those of you who saw it on Facebook Live or Instagram Live, uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Last night was just a uh, an incredible and wonderful presentation by God Elbaz for the um, the campers and staff, everybody up at uh, at Camp Masora. Was really amazing. Um. Anyway, so that's the um, that's the update from camp. Big shout out to uh, Ari Katz, Rabbi Ari Katz, and uh, everybody who really made us uh, feel very welcome there uh, last evening. It was a lot of fun, and a uh, it was a lot of fun, and just a, a great a great atmosphere, a really wonderful atmosphere. So again, a very big thank you. Uh, Wednesday morning broadcast, it's JM and the AM. By the way, I announced earlier, I wanted to welcome uh, Bedford on Park to the list of sponsors for us here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, Many of you are fully aware of the incredible Bedford restaurant that has made its mark in Queens, New York. And it really has. It has made its mark in Queens, New York. And uh, now, there is another opportunity for you to enjoy the incredible delights over at Bedford on Park. Uh, rather, at Bedford, and that's on Park Avenue. If you go to 61 East 34th Street, 61 East 34th Street, you'll see Bedford on Park is now at the corner of uh, Park Avenue and 34th Street with their delicious menu, all the great steaks you can imagine, including the 22-ounce bone-in ribeye, all the wonderful entrees, the fantastic starters, including the barbecue brisket sliders and the lamb bacon and so many others that are so famous already from Bedford. Uh, the burgers that are so wonderful, the salads. If you're looking for an affordable, reasonably priced business lunch, if you're looking for delicious steak and lamb chops, if you're looking for a great lunch or dinner or parties or shevabruchas in a beautiful party room that they have there at 61 East 34th Street, you head on over to Bedford on Park. Bedford on Park. Go to bedfordkitchen.com. BedfordKitchen.com on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's Bedford NYC. Bedford NYC. It's a delicious, wonderful restaurant uh, that um, has a full bar and really a great atmosphere. So check it out. Bedford on Park, corner of 34th Street, Park Avenue, New York City. You will be glad you spent some time there enjoying their culinary delights. I uh, want to take this opportunity. By the way, I posted on Facebook uh, one of the posts over the weekend, um, uh, specifically yesterday on the 4th of July, was a post about the um, 41st anniversary of the raid on Antebi, 41 years. And I asked where everybody was. You know, I asked, uh, you know, where were you when it happened? And <laughs> it turns out that somebody who responded, we got a lot of comments. There are a total of... Um, 56 comments uh, answering the question, where were you Where were you, 41 years ago? Today, the IDF was in Entebbe, Baruch Hashem, I wrote. And one of the responses is from somebody who tells us, or tells me, or tells everybody on the social media, 
that um, that they were in a specific place but never knew about it. And I was in the same place and remember them announcing it. It was really funny. So huh, I replied that I, I, re- I remember a specific announcement during one of the meals um, at that specific summer camp. So it really got a lot of reaction. And uh, kudos, of course, to the IDF as we remember such an important anniversary in the history of the state of Israel. That is for sure. Uh, oh, I want to take this opportunity. We stopped in Woodburn yesterday, and I want to take this opportunity to um, say hi to a listener, Zalmi. So a listener, Zalmi, sitting in Woodburn enjoying the sights and delights yesterday. So Zalmi, good morning to you. And listener, Shimmy from Cafe Chocolate. Listener, Shimmy from Cafe Chocolate. A big hello to him as well from all of us here at JM in the AM. A lot of great people around the Catskill region talking about the NSN app and uh, all the incredible things going on with us. And it's uh, it was really a pleasure to see everybody and to um, and to and to greet everybody. It was really nice. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Harav Zev Ben Alevi and Zechonishmas Esther Basar Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read an interesting pasuk in Echa. Tzadut tzadeinu, mileches berchavoseinu. They made it difficult for us even to walk in the streets. There is an individual that lives in Ofakim. He is always very careful concerning Shmira Senaim, seeing things that are appropriate. Once, he had an urgent matter to attend to, and he had to travel to Tel Aviv. On his way, he came across a scene that was Lotzanua, something that was inappropriate for him to see. At that moment, he recalled the words of the Shomer Amunim, Shim Adam Halech Barachov, if a person is going in the streets, Umizdamin Lodover Enotzanua, and he comes across something that is immodest, inappropriate, Bhumiskaber Alatzmoy, and he's able to control himself, Bieno Mabipoy, and he looks away. He should know, Shehuazman Vihiha Ace, it is the proper time and the moment. Shekoba Kosha. Shivakesh Oz, that any request that he is then going to ask may Ace from Hashem Tiskabel, it will be accepted. He then immediately turned in the opposite direction and was Matzliach, he was successful in being Omed Benisayon, standing up to the challenge. The reason that he had gone to Tel Aviv was because his daughter was dangerously ill. She was in a hospital in Beersheba. The doctors had sent him to bring a special medicine that was only available from one place in Tel Aviv. At that moment, he remembered the words of the Shomer Emunim. He cried to Hashem to save his daughter, Mikol Pegara, from anything bad, from going through any more Yesurim or pain. He continued to the pharmacy where he was to get the appropriate medicine. He was almost there when his cell phone rang. His wife, who was with the child, was on the other end of the line. She was very emotional. In a minute passed before she could even speak. She said that just minutes earlier, there was a sudden change in the child's health. The doctors were shocked. 
they told her that if she'll continue on this course, there would be no need for the medicine. The tears of sadness became tears of joy. They both gave shvach v'hodoya, thanks and praise to Hashem. As it says in Tehillim, You have transformed my lament into dancing for me. You undid my sackcloth and you strengthened me with gladness. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. JM in the AM, Wednesday morning broadcast. My thanks to Rabbi Goldwasser, of course. My thanks to all of you for tuning in and being part of this great radio experience. Well, the sports rabbi is with us live via telephone, and we love speaking with him. He's in Israel. He's Rabbi Josh Halleckman. He is the sports rabbi and identified as such on Twitter and other areas of social media. You know that the Maccabea games are underway, or, well, he'll tell us if they're underway or not. And that and other things uh, we want to discuss with the sports rabbi. Rabbi Josh Halleckman, welcome back to JM in the AM. How you doing, Nachum? Great to be on. Everything's wonderful. Have you heard this Omri Caspi news? Yes, oh yes. We woke up to that this morning. Omri Caspi being signed by the Golden State Warriors. It is like a massive holiday going on here. You had July 4th <laughs> yesterday, Nachum. It's July 5th here in Israel. I can it imagine. It is a celebration. And what is the, nothing against Omri and his game, believe you me, you know how much we love him, but what was it about him that attracted him to Golden State? They wanted someone on the bench who could do what? Hit three-pointers. That's it, huh? That is, uh, he's a good three-point shooter. He's going to give them energy off the bench. He's going to hustle for rebounds. He's intelligent on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, for a million-dollar exemption or so, they've got themselves uh, the first ever Israeli NBA player and somebody that's definitely a capable, capable guy to come off the bench. If it's going to be a seventh man or eighth man, I think it's a great fit. You know, he's been with Sacramento uh, for most of last year, and he was loved that area very much. So going to Golden State is not very far away. Of course, San Francisco, Oakland area is very close to Sacramento. Yeah, I'm wondering. So I'm, I'm wondering. Uh, I'm wondering. If not shocked at all. I'm wondering if all the bar mitzvah boys in uh, Oakland and San Francisco are getting their invitations ready to send Omri's way. <laughs> I'm sure they are. I, it is absolutely, you have no idea, Nachum, on the Israeli sports news channels, sports news channels, regular news channels, all across the Internet, all the Israeli sports websites. It's one article after the next about how Omri Caspi landed up in Golden State. And this is really going to be the first time he's on a, a team that really is a championship-caliber team. Yeah, we know that they are championship-caliber. Uh, the Maccabiah in Israel, has it officially begun or not? Uh, there are events running already today, Nachum. And, Amazingly. And, and, that, and, and nonetheless, the, and this happens in the Olympics as well, the opening ceremony is still later in the week, right? Correct. The opening ceremony is on Thursday evening. I'll be there uh, reporting live. You'll be you catch me on Twitter at the Sports Rabbi, uh, my fifth photographer will be there as well, so we'll be putting up pictures, uh, play-by-play of going on. We'll be at the facility already around 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Opening ceremony starts at about 8, but we'll be all over that at Teddy Stadium in Jerusalem. The second time ever of the 20 Maccabee games that will be taking, the opening ceremony will be taking place in the Holy City. So that's, uh, that's definitely exciting. But we already had sports going on today, Nachum. Golf started today, softball, chess cricket this morning, this afternoon we have more softball, badminton, field hockey, 
Uh, and big news today, Nachum, at 5 o'clock Israel time, 10 o'clock your time back in the United States on the East Coast, Canada, U.S., in ice hockey at the Jerusalem Arena. Uh, the Jerusalem Arena means where Hapo- means where Hapol Yerushalayim plays? Correct. Hapol Jerusalem basketball plays in the arena. Lo and behold, they've converted the arena into a hockey rink for the first time ever, uh, considering it's a new facility also. So I'm definitely looking forward to being there a little bit later on today to see Canada U.S. I think that's a fabulous way to start off. That could be a games hockey. What else? What else could you want in the middle of about 110 degrees? Yeah. By the way, by the way, if you're wondering who Rabbi Halakman is going to be rooting for, everybody, just listen to his accent, and you'll know exactly where his allegiances lie. Um, so one <laughs> one second. You're telling me it's possible to refurbish, build whatever you'd call it, uh, an ice hockey arena in Jerusalem. And I'm not kidding when you just said it. Even in this weather, because I know in the United States. When you get certain weather conditions in Phoenix, L.A., and even sometimes in places like Boston, depending on what's going on between the humidity and the cold outside, it becomes a big problem on the ice. Were they able to do this without any problems? So we're going to find out very soon. <laughs> Later on this afternoon, Nachum, we're going to find out exactly what the ice condition is. Ha- have I... Nobody's been in the facility, have, so have I, ha- this will definitely be a uh, sight to see. Have I heard of any USA or or Canadian players? Would, would, would the average hockey player, ha- hockey fan, have heard of any of the roster uh, um, uh, players? Would you know? I don't believe so. I know in previous games, Zach Hyman, who now plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, he has participated in previous games. There have been other players, minor league players, junior players that have played. I don't think there's anybody on the rosters, uh, from what I've seen at least, uh, that would be known to the not even known to me. So definitely be interesting to watch. There's the open. There's three categories of ice hockey. There's the open category, which is the players that are 19, 20, could be 25, 30, 35. There's juniors, which are about the 15 to 18 year olds, and then there's masters, the 35 and up, which is no checking allowed, and uh, they're going to be playing as well. So I'm definitely really super looking forward to this this afternoon because. I want to see how many people are going to come, how many people are going to want to get out of the heat and actually see this in action. There are lots of Israelis that are just curious to see what it's like to have an official ice hockey rink in Jerusalem. We've had ice, we have ice skating rinks before that were put up in the wintertime in the, uh, the Tachana Rishana, the old train station, but this is going to be something else. Um, and, uh, I know that we are really looking forward to this. The Sports Rabbi, Rabbi Josh Halakman live. Maccabiah officially begins tomorrow, but as we've seen with other international events, already games and contests are taking place in different sports categories in Israel. Uh, we know what the traditional Olympic medal table looks like, and very often, if not always, the United States is at the top. What happens in the Maccabiah? Does the Israel team do very well? Are they near the top or bottom? Does the U.S. dominate? What usually happens? Uh, the U.S. usually dominates. They have the largest contingent. They'll have over 1,000 athletes. There'll be 43 countries and 10,000 athletes participating. Obviously, Israel will be also very high up on the Maccabiah uh, ranking. And, of course, then you have the other larger countries and larger contingents, be it Canada, Australia, uh, Argentina has a very large group that's here. I bumped into the Australian group yesterday at the Leonardo Hotel in uh, Tel Aviv, bumped into a, a slew of Australians. I think they were the rugby, rugby players. Uh, but it was, uh, there, there are people, you know, Malcolm, there are, there are literally Maccabee uh, 
people roaming around this country. They'll be basically playing all over from Haifa to Jerusalem, Beersheba, down south to Eilat, all the way up north to the Galil. Uh, there are games and sports going on in every nook and cranny of this country, really beginning this morning. So if you're in Israel right now, you can go to Maccabea.com, M-A-C-C-A-B-I-A-H.com. It gives you the full schedule by date, by by category, if it's open, junior, or master's ages. I know somebody that's in their late 80s that just came over from Riverdale, New York, to participate in the Masters Tennis Tournament, Arnie Stark. So it's a shout-out to Arnold Stark and his wife Joan that are here for the tennis. Uh, well into their 80s, participating and representing in the United States. So, so uh, it, it, it's really amazing, Nahum. This is going to be at, the Jewish Olympics at its best. Yeah, the Jewish Olympics is right. Uh, will there be anybody on the Israel baseball team who played in the World Baseball Classic? Uh, not from my knowledge. The World Baseball Classic, there was only one Israeli, and uh, he's in New York as far as I understand. There'll be no uh, no players from that squad at all. Uh, that's a good question, but unfortunately there probably won't be. Uh, good luck to them playing baseball today. It's nice and nice and warm here. And there is a, there, there is a basketball uh, uh, tournament, right? Yes, big basketball tournament. That's going to take place for the Open, and that's the right. Open ages again, 19 through 30. Right going to be taking place in Jerusalem at the old Malcha Arena, the old Hapol Jerusalem Basketball Arena, and also in Pisgat Zev. And the, uh, the um, juniors are taking place in Tel Aviv. And the most familiar name to us playing basketball this week during the Maccabiah would be? Is there any? I'd say Sam Singer. Sam Singer is uh, from California, California University of California. He was just signed to a contract by B'nai Herzliya, one of the professional basketball teams here in the country probably the uh, most well-known basketball player that will be on the Olympic basketball team. Uh, he's a guard, and I'm definitely going to be looking forward to seeing him play on Sunday. I'll be up in Pizgetsev, so I'm hoping to catch that game, I think, 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. This, uh, definitely a lot of excitement. This all goes through July 16th, right? Correct. That is correct. Nachum, what's the biggest, what is the biggest sport, the biggest participated sport in the, in the Jewish Olympics in the Maccabea? Soccer. Where do we have the most out? Of course, it's soccer. 1,200. 1,200 <laughs> soccer players of the 10,000. Wow. Who's going to win? Imagine 1,200. Which country's going to win Who? that one? Uh, I know that Argentina and Brazil are definitely going to be neck and neck. Uh, that is definitely going to be very, very close. I actually met yesterday with the Argentinian, the heads of the delegation of the Argentinian team, uh, for a uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv and uh, Israeli sport history tour here in Tel Aviv. That was a lot of fun. was with them for a few hours. They're definitely, uh, they're definitely thinking a gold medal. That I can tell you. They're, they're here in full force, Argentina. Uh, but again, you know, Brazil, South America, those are the big countries. So definitely have to watch out. Maccabi Tel Aviv actually has a goalkeeper by the, the name of Daniel Miller Tannenbaum, who's on the the main Maccabi Tel Aviv team that was scouted from the past Maccabi games from Brazil. Very cool. Very cool. So, so there are opportunities here for players. Maccabi Tel Aviv, we know that they're scouting players today all day in the youth tournament and the junior tournament up in Haifa. Right. So uh, you can be found. If you're an athlete, there are definitely possibilities of being found and maybe potentially playing professionally here in Israel, which is a dream. Rabbi Josh Halleckman, the sports rabbi, I assume you'll be tweeting and updating people all through this entire Maccabiah. Oh, definitely. Nachum, there'll be tweets going on. There'll be articles going up at sportsrabbi.com. 
Um, there'll be lots of stuff. Again, we're going to be all over the opening ceremony. Nachum, who are the seven athletes that are lighting the torch? Oh, their own Sheffer. No, not their own Sheffer. Um, I'll give you the list. Wait, wait, one second. Wait, 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 one second. <laughs> Let me see if I'm even close. <laughs> Let me see if I'm even close. Tal Brody. Nope. Wait a second. Who's that? Who's the think, Who's the most well-known tennis player in Israel? I always forget his name. Um, uh, Dudicell is actually in Wimbledon right now. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, he passed. The, he went. To, he went five sets yesterday. Defeated his opponents, and he's on to the second round for the first time in seven years is, at Wimbledon. Is so Shachar there? Hopefully, we're all ready for him. Shachar's retired. She doesn't. She doesn't play tennis anymore. No, she retired a few months ago, and is actually doing commentary on Sport Five, the Israeli Sports wow. Channel. All right, who are the seven? Quickly, go ahead. The seven: Ori Sasson and Yardin Jerby, who both won bronze medals at the last Olympic Games in uh, Rio de Janeiro. Of course. Neta Rifkin, who just recently retired, also a gymnast. Omri Kasby will be one of the torch lighters. Cool. Uh, he's here in Israel. Moran Samuel, Paralympic athlete, very very well known. And then a couple of players, a couple of people that actually aren't Jewish: American Anthony Irvin and Frenchman Fabien Guillot. Yeah. Fabien Guillot became very famous in the Olympic Games because. He has a huge Hebrew tattoo on his arm that says, Ani klum biladehem. I am nothing without them, right? Right, which is a remembrance, which a memory of a Holocaust survivor. Wow. story behind the tattoo is uh, Gilot's grandmother married a man named Max Goldschmidt. And uh, despite not being Gilot's grandfather, he occupied a very particularly influential role for Gilot. Goldschmidt grew up in Berlin and survived Auschwitz, and that is the story behind him, and he'll be one of the torch lighters. Unbelievable. Uh, tomorrow night, yeah. And when you said Omri Caspi, you mean Omri Caspi of the world champion Golden State Warriors. The sport- yes, Omri Caspi of the Golden State <laughs> Warriors, the champion, the, the sp- NBA champion. The sports rabbi, everybody. Check him out on Twitter. Check him out on the website, sportsrabbi.com. He'll be there all week, of course, as he always is. For the Maccabea Games, also he recommends Maccabea.com for all the information about this very exciting um, event in Israel. It happens every four years. It is, quote-unquote, the Jewish Olympics. Thank you, Rabbi Josh. My pleasure, Nachum. Take care. Enjoy the hockey today. More coming up. This is JM in the AM. Oh, God. 
Sons, Kula Mahuvim is the name of that selection here as we wrap up hour number two on a JM in the AM Wednesday morning. My thanks to Yoni Pollock for sitting in yesterday on the 4th. My thanks to everybody up at Camp Masora. An amazing concert last night with God Elba. It was really amazing. Uh, big Yashikoch to everybody up there. It was just an exciting night. Um, in the Pavilion. Yeah, first time I believe there was a concert in the Pavilion. Want to wish a mazel tov to SDR, who's originally from the Lower East Side of Manhattan, and her chassan Yosef. Their wedding was yesterday in Israel. And uh, to um, Barbara and Luar from the extended families, we say mazel tov from all of us here at JM and the AM. Saw some of the photos. Listener Malki provided those on the uh, web, on the uh, on social media. And uh, it looked spectacular. It looked like it was just an amazing event. And I am sure it was. That is for sure. So we say Mazal Tov. Uh, you know, the Brooklyn Cyclones, uh, we have an amazing association with them here at the Nahum Siegel Network and JM the AM. I do remind you that on the 18th of July, that is the next time that there will be a fireworks night that's not Friday or Shabbos. Uh, they call it Kosher Kaboom. Fireworks night is the 18th of July, a Tuesday night against Staten Island. Check out brooklyncyclones.com and you can uh, order your tickets uh, through that website. Also, I remind you that Ohel and Amudim presents a weekend of addiction awareness. A weekend of awareness on the topic of addiction. It's happening at Parshas Pinchas, July the 14th at Woodlake Village on Lou Street in Woodridge, New York. On Friday night, Dr. Norman Blumenthal. On Shabbos Day, Tamar Perlman. On Saturday night, Rabbi Zachariah Wallerstein, Akiva Perlman, and Dr. Norman Blumenthal. They will all address... Uh, this topic information, 1-800-603-OHEL, 1-800-603-OHEL. It's ohelfamily.org, and it's chaired by Jack Jaffa, Chesky Stern, and Mel Zachter. And you can contact Amudim or Ohel uh, for information about this joint event. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. By the way, I'll send this out to all the people we saw at the airport on Monday as the Nefesh Benefesh July charter flight left New York with hundreds of North American Olim. Boker Tov, or I should say Tsarayim Tovim to everybody in Israel, especially the brand new Olim with Nefesh Benefesh.
Jam in the AM with Leif Tahar on a Wednesday morning broadcast. Oh, 
Wednesday morning. Many of you get the uh, Jewish Action publication from the OU. It really is an amazing magazine, I must say. And if you check out the um, magazine of the Orthodox Union for summer of 5777, the most recent edition, uh, you could turn to... um, you could turn to page 31 and you'll see an article that says, <laughs> excuse me, an article that's entitled Growing Up in the Public Eye, Children of Rabbis. That's written by Bela Sheva Brenner. Very interesting article. And I do remind you that I am the uh, child of a rabbi. Uh, if you go to page 38, you'll see an article entitled Rabbi's Son Syndrome. Religious Struggle in a World of Religious Ideals, written by Rabbi David Bashevkin. He is with us live via telephone. Rabbi David Bashevkin is Director of Education for NCSY and is a doctoral candidate in public policy and management at the New School in New York. Rabbi David Bashevkin, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thanks so much for having me. Very interesting topic, to say the least. I, w- <laughs> I would love to know who proposed this as the cover story for Jewish Action. Would you happen to know? Uh, well, I'm on the editorial board of Jewish Action. Uh, I think it came from a combination of, I don't know if I'm throwing anybody under the bus, whether or not you like <laughs> it or not, but, but coming to myself and, and, and Gil Student, I believe. They're, oh, good people. All right. That's a good committee, actually, when it comes to, pu- to publishing things. Um, well, again, full disclosure, I'm the child of a rabbi, and in addition to that, I believe the... Um, uh, the the Levitz study that cited I don't know if it's you or the other article that had it the Levitz study that cited yeah I said um, I believe my sister I'm not 100 percent sure about this but I'm 99 percent I think she was one of the subjects one of the 40 that was interviewed about all this interesting and, yeah I... and it's a very interesting topic because I always wondered growing up once I was able to you know think for myself so to speak. Uh, whether it was a big deal being made about nothing and our lives were very similar to children of people in other professions, or if there really was a lot to this where, you know, if you're from the home of a rabbi and you have that kind of home, you know, there there are additional challenges. Uh, what do you think, somewhere in between or uh, or what? How would you classify it? I do think it's somewhere in between. I mean, I, I, I made it clear, I tried to make it clear in my article where I didn't really do any study you know, I did cite the Levitz article and, and spoke about the phenomenon. I really spoke about the history of the idea, right. showing that the idea, you know, crops up. The, the the Gemara talks about the idea, and it appears kind of throughout history something that rabbis and lay people alike were fascinated by. Uh, but really, to to answer your question, you would need a whole new study, and and that right. I certainly did not undertake it and, and couldn't answer definitively. Yeah, I got that. You also cite a lot of Hasidic examples. What I mean by that are, is the you know the rabbinic legacy that's expected in a family like that, and I wonder if that's very different, and in how many ways it might be different than the average you know American rabbinic experience where you know a kid is born and you know they happen they happen to be the son of a rabbi or the daughter of a rabbi uh, I, I think on the Hasidic end would, would you agree that it's a little bit of a different dynamic maybe to maybe to a degree I think there are things that make it harder growing up in, in an American rabbinate I, the, the most important distinction I would make is growing up in the house of a of a pulpit rabbi 
who really plays a very different function communally than the house of maybe uh, an educator or the house of uh, a principal. Uh, in a lot of communities, that's going to you know that, that person can sit in the back of the row in in shul just like anybody else, as opposed to the rabbi who uh, of the shul who's in front. Uh, that might be a little bit more challenging. All right, understood. All right, I got that. Rabbi David Beshevkin is with us. Um, and by the way, the one may ask, what is the benefit of these articles? You know, the one you wrote, the other one that's in Jewish Action, and I assume. Uh, it's sort of serving as I don't I don't know a a a I don't want to say warning but some type of uh, of primer for those who are pursuing the rabbinate and what they might you know some of the challenges they might expect in their families that I guess that's one of the functions of it right yeah I, I don't think the article I mean th- this is something I was sensitive to and and certainly hope I didn't uh, violate I, I don't want to make anybody's life more difficult there's no question about that we actually began this conversation not talking about children of rabbis growing up in the public sphere we spoke about children of politicians is how our conversation originally began mm. and some of the scrutiny that they go under and I think that the article I hope is really relevant for anybody who is religiously idealistic and a reminder um, that religious idealism can at times pose challenges on the family. There's no question about it in my mind. Look, there's expectations of rabbis' children by outsiders, even when the kids are very young, which might well, I, be, which might be unfair or you know unjust or or or, or just un, or just insensitive. That's all. And I think those expectations aren't limited to children of rabbis. That's that's kind of what I hope the point of the article uh, will resonate, even for people who didn't grow up as formerly the child of a rabbi. I think the article helps people deal with and maybe process any sort of expectations that they may grow up with. You know, it's always going to be a double-edged sword in that way. Uh, Rabbi David Beshefkin's with us. What's your observation when it comes to a family, and Chabad families obviously are, are, are primary among them, a family that's really, you know, where every member of the family is really involved in the quote-unquote holy work. Do you think that's better, worse, different? You know, what's your observation about, you know, the families that really include the kids in the mission? I mean, I can't say this with a straight face, but, you know, some of my closest friends are rabbis. I mean, there's uh, there's no question when you have a family like that, there's something very right going on, which is the sense that there's a sense of, you know, familial mission that we all want to be a part of this, and we all want to, we don't look at it as expectations, we look at it as, as aspirations and something that we want to continue with. Right. And I think there's nothing more beautiful to see that in the family than kind of a whole group of people all wanting to continue in their parents' or grandparents' legacy. Uh, Rabbi David Beshefkin's with us, the article in Jewish Action, Rabbi's Son Syndrome, Religious Struggle in a World of Religious Ideals. Do you think one of the benefits of the article is that you know, the layperson who's reading it might understand better the dynamic that's happening in a rabbinic family? I certainly hope so, though I, though my guess is that five out of ten people reading it are going to kind of go up to the rabbi's son and elbow them in shul, which is not my intention, and say, hey, I saw there's an article about you. That's probably not the right way to, uh, to take some of these messages to heart. But uh, the hope is, yeah, people will become more sensitive. And, and your, your subtitle, and I don't know if you're responsible for it or not, because titles, uh, you know, authors aren't generally, you know, well, we don't know generally if they are or not, uh, it includes the words religious struggle. Is that the right word? Is it, is it an atmosphere of struggling for the kids in this situation? 
I think it can be. I mean, it's it, 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 it's not necessary. It's not always the case. It, it might not even be in the majority of cases that might not be there. Right. But there are instances where religiously it can be a struggle. I think any time you grow up in an environment where you feel like decisions have already been made for you, uh, whether it's by your parents or by your community, uh, regardless of whether or not you grew up in a rabbinic home, but any time that you grow up in a world where you feel decisions have already been made for you, there's going to be some sense of struggle of taking ownership of that path that's already been laid out before you. And I think that might be a part of the struggle uh, in some ways that some people who grow up in such homes deal with. All right, now can I give a couple of examples that people need to be aware of when it comes to sensitivity for children of rabbis? Is this from the article? <laughs> no, this is from my own personal experience. Oh, please. <laughs> First of all, a lot of kids, especially when young, will propose that the family do something, nothing inappropriate, but the family undertake an activity or a trip or something, and and then have to gently be informed that they we don't know if it's the best place for dad to be. We don't know if it's you know if it's the best idea for him to spend the day there. Again, nothing inappropriate, but just you know th- th- that we would generally say. But just you know you have to sometimes be prepared for that that you're going to be disappointed for that reason. Oh, you know because of my father, I can't go ahead and do that. So that's one thing I would say. And the other one I'll never forget, and I tell the story all the time. <laughs> my my father had discovered when we were very very young. Uh, that, we had, that we had never been to a major league baseball game, right? He he had he discovered this, he had, you know, at at some point, and he insisted that he was going to take us to our first major league baseball game. After all, you know, how is it possible that you know a good American boy is growing up and hasn't uh, you know hasn't yet gone? So the the game was scheduled for a Sunday, a Sunday at the end of August, and I will tell you <laughs> that that my mother spent hours hours managing the expectations of her children because you know what a Sunday in any rabbi's life might mean it could be a bris it could be a god forbid a funeral or something else a Sunday could be a very important pastoral day and warning us that and letting us know it's very possible and at the last moment things could be canceled and moved etc etc and thank god we ended up going to the game but now of course at this age I understand better when it comes to schedule that it's not not always easy and and you point out I believe it's in your article that your rabbis really are always on call and we think of doctors and other professions that are always on call when it comes to rabbis especially those of large congregations and significant communities they are always on call so just wanted to tell those and get those off my chest absolutely yeah i i happen to be the son of a doctor so in that way i feel uh, kindred spirits and uh one of my first baseball games growing up, I actually went with a close friend of mine back in elementary school who was the uh, the, the child of a of a pulpit rabbi, ah. and we we had a great uh, birthday party at a Mets game. You see Blast. how you see how these things work out? It's unbelievable. <laughs> rabbi David Bashevkin is with us. Rabbi Son Syndrome is the title of the article. You'll find it in Jewish Action. The issue is summer five seven seven seven. How are things going with NCSY? All we hear is amazing things. Fantastic. Planes have already landed in Israel. We have uh, largest summer ever in NCSY uh, summer, both in Israel and in the States. Yeah, it's amazing. The numbers are incredible, and the work that's being done is really remarkable. And, uh, well, the, kudos to the entire staff for doing fantastic work. All right, everyone should look for the article. Rabbi Bashevkin, anything you want to add about uh, researching this specific topic? Just to be uh, to be to be sensitive and realize that uh, 
growing up in the house of anybody can always come with expectations, but could also be the best thing in the world. And and I hope both of those things uh, transmitted. Yeah, no question about it. There's plenty of positive and plenty of inspiring things and wonderful things to stay with you the rest of your life, and those should not be minimized. I agree with you 100%. Thanks so much for joining me today. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Rabbi David Bashevkin, check out Jewish Action, everybody. A very interesting, uh, actually two articles, the one Rabbi Bashevkin wrote and the one I cited earlier, uh, which is um, which is entitled Growing Up in the Public Eye, Children of Rabbis in the Limelight by, by, by Bela Sheva Brenner. Both of those articles in Jewish Action, summer 5777. 19 minutes after 8 o'clock. Plenty more coming up. It is JM in the AM.
dreaming beauty man Is it only fantasy? Sometimes one can't help but wonder Will it ever truly be? Some people keep on saying All is illusion and lies Why is it so hard to believe There are better days to see So it seems like the world is tumbling down It's the darkest time of night Right before Everybody, let's get ready. Everybody. 
JM in the AM Wednesday morning with the one and only Mordechai Ben David. Isaac B. Tone before that with Here Comes the Time. You heard Barry Weber in there with Guest Share. It's our Wednesday. My thanks to Yoni Pollock for sitting in yesterday during JM in the AM on the 4th of July. Big thank you to everybody up at Camp Missora and especially to God Elba's amazing concert last night. It was wonderful to be there. Uh, I thank the thousands who've seen the video online. Uh, Facebook and Instagram had uh, the video going live from the pavilion up at Camp Missora. And, of course, best regards from everybody at uh, Camp Missora to uh, this wonderful audience. Up in Guilford, New York, 53 degrees and sunny right now. They're enjoying a nice day, Baruch Hashem. And uh, it was great seeing everybody just a few hours ago. Well, uh, many of you are aware of the fact that Eitan Freilich out of uh, England is out with a brand new single. And we've had an opportunity to uh, reach out to him and uh, get him on the air for a couple of minutes before we actually play that brand new single for the very first time here at JM in the AM. Eitan Freilich, welcome back to JM in the AM. I'm all good. Hello? Hi, can you hear me? We certainly can. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Brilliant. It's so nice to be back. I was saying, a year ago, I was on the show, one year ago. It's an wow. amazing anniversary now. I appreciate that. And speaking of, <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, important occasions, Mazal Tov on your engagement to Gabriella. Thank you very much. Thank and you. That wedding, that, that wedding takes place, please God, in October. We wish you the very best. Thank you so much. Very exciting. It's an exciting period, right? Lots of good things happening. Good music, good things in my personal life. It's all great. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. Not to be taken lightly, thank God. All right, uh, so if it's been a year since we've spoken, what's the last year been like aside from this great news in your personal life? (laughs) That's a brilliant question. Um, It's been crazy busy, but I cannot complain. Baruch Hashem, everything has been fantastic. We've been doing shows. Everywhere, literally everywhere. Um, it was actually when I came back, I did a show in Vegas uh, a couple months ago, two months ago. Nice. Is when I came back from there, we started recording this song. Um, but it's been absolutely fantastic. Just on Sunday, I was with David Sardida, I was uh, with Gershon Freistadt. We were, it's it, it, it just, honestly, the people you get to meet, the people you get to work with, it's just been a year full of music, full of uh, meeting. I've got to tell you something, I just want to, uh, completely away from uh, from from the single, I I you, you, I get to go to some schools every once in a while, speak to the kids, speak to them about um, the music life, what it's like, how how you balance that with 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 Judaism and all these different things that you that you can speak to them about, and it's just amazing to see kids and how they react to music and how they react to this song specifically and and it's just it's just an amazing thing the whole year has been full of meeting people and working with people it's been fantastic well there you go Eitan Freilich's with us from London so you've been playing shows in England and plenty outside of England it sounds like a hundred percent and we've got a well we were thinking we've got a music video coming up as well we were thinking where should we shoot this music video and all these exotic ideas came out New York Vegas Maybe in um, we were, one one person suggested Argentina, Woo! and do you know what we've we, we, we've done the the most simple thing that we could have done, and we're doing it actually in London, in Britain, in England. Um, so hopefully that video will be out sometime soon as well. All right, we're looking forward to it. All right, how did you decide on this single? Who composed it? How did this all come about? Oh, brilliant question. So basically, it's very simple. Srili Maya, the producer, Srili Maya, brilliant man. Very kind man. I think that's the that's the key to a successful single. By the way, it's uh, it's about the, the people themselves. It's a Yitzhi Wardner song. It's uh, composed by Yitzhi Wardner. It's produced by uh, Srili Maya and uh, arranged by Sonic Duo. But it's all about the team. I would say nothing. There were 26 people involved in making the single, wow. which is crazy, right? That's like why. 
Uh, there's just so many people involved with the PR, the graphics. Um, um, I give a shout out to my uh, PR manager, um, um, Yisrael Berger. But um, really, the graphics, the general bookings, the producer, every, everyone's involved. And, um, and Trudy Mai came to me with a song from Yitzhi Waldner. And uh, I've got to tell you, I, I heard this, you get a demo, you get a demo, and this demo wasn't quite complete, but I listened to it, and I was literally smiling and jumping from the moment I heard it, I was happy. And it doesn't always happen. It's like, for, for anyone in music, they know, for any artist, they will know that it's like, that's a gold moment, when you hear a song and you really, really like it from the beginning. And um, I heard it, I really liked it, and I said, Trudy, we've got to go ahead, we've got to get on with it, and we want to do it quick. I want a good job, I want it done quickly. And he really delivered. He, he, he met with a great team. And uh, there were a few surprises in there. We had, you'll, you'll hear there's a nice uh, little surprise at the end from one of the musicians, um, Avrami Bash, and uh, he's absolutely fantastic. I met him when he came with Gershwin Freistadt a couple months ago in, in, in London, and it was just amazing to see him on there, amazing to feature him on there as well. So it was absolutely fantastic. There you go. All right, Eitan Freilich, he's out with a brand new one, everybody. It is called La Hodos Lacha. Anything specific about the words or the song that you want us to know? Well, I was very adamant on the on the. I think meaning is very important for these uh, for for songs. It's, 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 you know, you've got music and you've got Jewish music, and I say Jewish music has extra neshama. And uh, I really feel that I was saying, you know, I, I just recently got engaged, and I was saying many times in in times of you know times of bad, it's very easy when things bad that you know bad things happen. It's very easy to. Uh, I wouldn't say easy, actually. I should say it's often that we would cry out to Hashem or we would reach out to Hashem because we need Him, we're desperate. But often in times of good as well, when there are miracles every day that happen beneath us, you know, we, we often forget, we often take credit ourselves. And I think it's very important that in all times, in good times and bad times, including I just got engaged, it's brilliant. We've got to thank Hashem, we've got to remember Hashem, and that's the, that's the basis behind the song. Lahodos Lachah is the name. Will this be part of an album coming up? It's, I'm working on it. It's a work in progress, I would say, but I'm a bit of a perfectionist, so it takes a little bit of time for me to get things done. But, um, but uh, I think it's good to be a perfectionist. I've got to say, um, I've got to say, I've enjoyed, I enjoyed making this one thoroughly. As I said, 26 people between here and London. There's a lot of people involved, uh, but that also means it was a lot of fun to make. And, and I get, you know, it's on iTunes now, Google Play, Amazon. It's a free download on mostly music and nigger music. And I have to say that it's doing really, really nicely. People, the response is, is heartwarming. It's genuinely heartwarming. It's called La Hodos Lacha. Eitan Freilach with a brand new single. We get to debut it right now at JM in the AM. Eitan, continued success. I thank you for joining us. We're going to play the song. A pleasure. We're going to play the song for everybody to enjoy. Eitan Freilach joining us on a Wednesday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. The song is entitled La Hodos Lacha. First time ever at JM in the AM.
Brand new Eitan Freilach, world debut right here at uh, the Nahum Siegel Network uh, on JM in the AM. And I thank Eitan for joining us. More coming up. It's a JM in the AM Wednesday morning. And uh, here we go with Leif Tahor. Sometimes your world comes crashing down. You ask. Why me? Why now? Why now? Your mind is fighting for sanity. All you gotta do is say. La 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 la, Gamzulitova. La 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 la, Gamzulitova.
J.M. and the A.M. Wednesday, Gamzula Tova done by Leif Tahar. I want to welcome our friends at Bedford-on-Park to the Nahum Single Network family. I mentioned this earlier this morning. Uh, Bedford Restaurant, many of you are aware of the fact that they have been extremely successful in Queens, and for good reason. Uh, their dishes are amazing. Their steaks are great. Burgers are great. The entrees, the starters, including the lamb bacon and the barbecue brisket sliders and so many other things are really well known at this point. Well, they've gone ahead. They've opened Bedford on Park, so you can enjoy the great Bedford food on Park Avenue in New York City at the corner of Park and 34th, um, 61 East 34th Street. It's Bedford on Park, uh, where uh, reasonably priced business lunches are available every single day, where great dinners are are ready for you every single night. Uh, they have a party room for Shevabrachas and get-togethers and uh, any type of meeting you have. A nice private environment in the back of the restaurant. So if you're looking for delicious steak and lamb chops and all these wonderful dishes that Bedford has become well known for uh, over the last few months, you now have an op- option on uh, Park Avenue, the corner of Park and 34th Street in New York City. They have a full bar there, a delicious restaurant that you've got to check out. Go to bedfordkitchen.com. On social media, it's Bedford NYC. Bedford on Park. Let them know you heard it here on the Nahum Siegel Network and enjoy a great lunchtime treat and a phenomenal uh, dinner whenever you wish as well. Wednesday morning broadcast, you are listening to JM in the AM. This is Shlomo Simcha.
The amazing and incredible Avremo with Hineni Biyadcha. Before that, Shlomo Simcha had Kel. You heard Gamzu done by Leif Tahara for volume number five. Wednesday morning, JM in the AM. Coming up next, Bite Size with Yoni Pollock. Avrami hosts your Wednesday live lunch beginning at 11 a.m. Eastern time. That goes until 1 o'clock. Make sure to be tuned in. Achena B'Yisrael and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com. On the NachumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved one and only NSN app. Wraps up a uh, t- Wednesday here at JM in the AM. My thanks to all of you for tuning in and being part of this great radio experience. Big hello to our friends up at Camp Missora. It was quite a night last night with God Elbaz, and I thank everybody at Missora from Ari Katz and uh, the entire staff. And they send regards, of course, to everybody back in our international audience. Have a uh, fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future. <laughs>